and welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission, friends. I am hosting today's show. My name is Aaron Richards. I'm joined here in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio by my friends and brothers in Christ, Dan Demite, Brad hey, hey. here. Good welcome. to see you, brother. Jack behind the computer today. Welcome, brother, to the hey, you're show. You're looking good, Jack. Look at that beanie. Yeah. Friends, Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. And as you know, kind of the format for today's show is that we will be responding to critical questions that you, our viewers and listeners, have posed to us in the comments or through email. And we're going to give our two cents on how we think uh, the Lord would lead us to answer those questions for the church. And then we'll wrap it all up with charging you, our audience, for mission through a segment called Mission Momentum. And uh, we are a show that is on mission. We work here at a beautiful campus in Centerburg, Ohio. Our flagship program here at Damascus is called Catholic Youth Summer Camp. We have an amazing benefactor who has agreed to sponsor to the tune of $10 per subscription a camper for Catholic Youth Summer Camp, or hopefully multiple campers for Catholic Youth Summer Camp, for everybody who subscribes for the show this season. So please subscribe, click the button, and uh, share it with your a million or your closest friends so we can have as many 10, campers as possible. $10 million camp scholarship. <laughs> that guy's like, I didn't expect you guys to be that good. <laughs> uh, Jack, Jack, throw us a question, brother. Uh, the question for today is how do I find joy and excitement in the reverent and intellectual parts of my faith. Mm -hmm. How do I find joy and excitement in the reverent and intellectual parts of my faith? The intellectual. Mm -hmm. Good. I, I think I want to take a first stab at this. Oh yeah. Come on. Okay. Two for two. Ah, uh, oh, just to the right. Overcompensation. Okay. You know what? We're good. We're good. <laughs> see, I still see feel how good. I used compensation. Sorry. I, I still feel good. Um, I have uh, I have five kids at home, and uh, one of the joys of my life is teaching my kids how to clean their rooms, right? And uh, I I only had to be asked once when I was a child to clean up my toys, and then I did it diligently mm -hmm. for the rest of my life. But my are you a robot? My children are not the same. <laughs> and uh, here's the thing: um, how do I find joy in something that I know is good, but that doesn't necessarily align? Um, to the joyful parts of my heart, I, I do it with intention. Okay. So that, that'd be my response to, to the listener who posed this one. Um, how do I find joy in those reverent and intellectual parts of my faith? It would be to, to pursue them with active intention. So to, to actually enter in, we have a saying here at Damascus that joy is a choice, right? That I have to, I have to choose actively um, to engage in the process of, of being joyful. And that, that choice for joy oftentimes comes from a place of intentional commitment. So if I have been accidentally experiencing the reverent parts of our faith, or if I've been you know, accidentally dragged along through homilies or sermons or podcasts into the intellectual portions of my faith, I believe that you could probably find a deeper experience of joy if you were to approach those with with real intention, Aaron, can I can you elaborate on a non church example of of how you've found joy and excitement when you've in, approached something with intention? Because mm. I, I this I see this in your life all the time. I'm just wondering, like it's it's so abstract with the religion. How how have you done it in your family with your kids? Uh, well, I mean, I use the example of of my kids cleaning their cleaning their bedrooms. Um, 
And I would say that, uh, yeah, in, in creating, in creating, in making discipline a game, mm-hmm. um, I think that's, I think that's, uh, the way to cultivate joy. So one example here at Damascus, uh, I used to get really anxious about the fact that there was clutter and trash all around our campus. So I, I you, you make us sound pretty bad. There's not, <laughs> so Aaron is, he really, he's meticulous. If, if there's a crumb on the table, it's, it's he like would the, consider that as clutter and trash all over. He's campus. very orderly. He's That's very true. orderly. True. I, mean, I, so I am too. To it standards. is by but definition. This is a beautiful <laughs> campus where, that we steward well. <laughs> because, because of the success of this mission. No. Um, so I, I make it a game. Um, I, I make it, I make it intentional and I, I charged our missionaries and actually built it into part of our culture that I, I would throughout the course of my day, I would pick up trash and put it in my pocket because there wasn't a trash can immediately next to me. So we created a game here at Damascus where we, the challenge is that your pocket should be full of trash, right? It's awkward. It's strange, but the net result is that now I'm doing that intentionally. It's now something that actually brings me joy to be able to engage. You know, I see missionaries are hanging out on a one-on-one and there's a piece of trash as they're walking forward. And I see them like race to race to grab it because now we know that like, Hey, that decision's already been made. It's mm-hmm. already something I know I'm going to engage in. Let's do it joyfully. Yeah. That's a great example. Cause no one really wants to pick up trash, right? There's not, there's something dirty about that. And yet it is enjoyable. And because I've set my heart to do that, when I pick up the trash, I actually feel enjoyment. I'm like, wow, this is like, I'm, I'm doing well. Aaron would be so proud of me. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, no, I, do, I actually, it's funny because I was just at a, at a conference in Florida and I was going into like just a, a quick pit stop at a gas station. I was going into the bathroom and the bathroom had just like paper towels everywhere. And in my head, I'm thinking like, I cannot leave this bathroom yeah. until the paper towels are thrown <laughs> yeah. away because it's been so ingrained in me. So yeah. I honor You're welcome, Brad. that culture at Damascus, you so, know? Yeah. So you entered into the toilet plunging to pick up the toilet <laughs> yeah, paper yeah, yeah. and in that you experienced the resurrection of a beautiful well, because, trash. No, uh, this is a good bathroom. analogy because of the joy set before you. So I yes. think that is why you engage in hard things Yeah, is because the, the joy of the goodness of the outcome, right? Like, so whenever I'm doing something, I think this happens in the life of virtue all the time. At first, it's not something I necessarily want to do, but it's not about wanting to do it. It's about knowing that doing it is going to make me better, right? And engaging in that over time, you then get excited about the outcome of you getting better, becoming more excellent, becoming more saintly, holy, whatever the... I love it. The joy set before you. Okay. How about that? My two cents. Um, Was that two? That was two. Somehow you keep them so tight that when it literally... (laughs) sounds like one every time. Yeah, it's, it's, but that's the we, way we, I roll. If you're listening to us and not watching, we throw pennies into a, <laughs> into a jar and for excitement. That's yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about. We never For any that? kind of context. Okay, so how do I find joy and excitement in the more reverent and intellectual parts of the faith? I, You know, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about Aaron Richards and our uh, beautiful, uh, producer Jack Parker and the Ooh. two of them often engage in conversations about things that I think are very nerdy and stupid. Like hey. whether uh, that is well, Pokemon, that's what I was stupid. Saying. I said I think I did say they are objectively. No, so there was wait, some pastoral I'm going to, buffering. You know, yeah, go for and it. this is gonna. Yeah, you're gonna actually win at the end of the day. So <laughs> they, they'll talk about things like Pokemon or video games or AI, and these are intellectual things that I am completely ignorant of. And so because of that, I'm like. Eh, 
ew. Like, because, but truly, I mean, you two are super excited when you talk about these things. There's all this enjoyment that you're back and forth, you're laughing. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Right. Uh, Dragon Ball Z may be the one that, that it's happens been a while. the most. It's been a while since you've had a DBZ date. <laughs> oh <my God>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but ultimately, the reason I find no joy and excitement in the things that you do is because I'm ignorant of them. And so I'm sure if I invested time in them uh, and I understood, I would find joy and excitement. And I have found that in my faith, the more I know, the more I love. Or um, that when I study something, when I discover something, I fall in love with it. And when you fall in love with something, whether that's Dragon Ball Z or your Catholic faith, <laughs> it, it produces the fruit of that is enthusiasm. It's joy. It's excitement. It's passion. What, however you want to refer to it. And in my own spiritual lives, I would say a couple times I've noticed this is. Um, one with the uh, Scott Hahn's book, The Lamb's Supper. When I was young in my faith, uh, I didn't find the, the Mass to be uh, extremely enjoyable uh, or exciting. But then I read the, La- the Lamb's Supper by Scott Hahn, and it just, I mean, it was like, like lights went off. And, and the Mass became something significantly different because now I understood it. Uh, it became heaven on earth. And the mm-hmm. and, and literally that was probably 18, 20 years ago that I read that. And uh and still to this day, when I'm dis in disengaging from mass, I go back to the the things I learned in that book and it it reengages me. It brings the mass alive again, a week after week after week. And um, or intercessory prayer. I used to kind of like I wasn't super excited about intercessory prayer, and we needed to. Um, we were trying to heal a, a part of our culture here at Damascus that wasn't um, that there there wasn't service like or at labor prayer and work. They there wasn't a passion around an intercessory prayer. So I just I spent nine months studying intercessory prayer because I wanted to infuse passion behind that in our culture. And it was in the studying of intercessory prayer that my heart just became alivened by it. And now mm-hmm. intercession is something I'm extremely excited about because I studied it and I learned it. And so the more, I think often the more we know, the more we love and the more we love, the more joy we have. Mm-hmm. And so if there's parts of the faith that seem dry and boring to you, I would just dedicate time to studying it and see if that enlivens it for you. Yeah. Well, by definition, like relationship is the knowledge of something, right? Like no, like the deeper you are in relationship, the more you know about that thing. And so like, if the end that we're made for is relationship, the relationship I have with this intellectual part of the faith, like the more I know about it, that relationship is going to be not only like closer and more alive, but it's going to be manifesting fruit right? Because relationship that is most intimate produces most fruit, right? And so like it's, it's as we go in there, it begins shining out from us. Like you can see it when, whenever it clicks for you that like, Hey, picking up this trash, it's not simply obligatory, but it's an opportunity for me to step outside of myself. You can see that, you know? And yeah. I think, um, yeah, I just, I just think that when we live like that, we know that it's a better way of living. And why would that not be true of our faith? If that's going to be true of these tasks of everyday life and mm. so on and so forth. Um, That's awesome. What do you think about it? Uh, 
I think Dan, you, you gotta you gotta brush up your uh, your cultural lingo there. I know uh, the Pokemon's. Like, I I listen. I'm sorry, Aaron. Jack I Jack just, and I, I have not talked about Pokemon nor Dragon Ball Z. And Pokemon's dead and gone. I can't years. keep up with you. What do you guys talk about now? I mean, the Cosmere, the Cosmere, Stormlight, <laughs> Brandon Sanderson, uh, various AI implementations. I have no idea the word that you just <laughs> said. That sounds <laughs> like happening? a different language to me. The yeah. what? The Cosmere? The Cosmere? Oh yes. yeah, jeez. Okay. Br- Brandon Sanderson. Do you? What well, we should have him on the show, Jack. Dan, uh, can- I would lose it. <laughs> but I appreciate this, and yet it brings me no, no joy because <laughs> I am ignorant. And so, if your faith doesn't bring you joy, perhaps well, the you cosmic are will. Well, you're, or maybe you're not in the relationship you should be within that faith. But I a question on the um, you had mentioned a couple times in your two cents about becoming alive. Like, I, like the mass wasn't like alive to me. And I became alive in the mass after the lamb supper, uh, intercession became alive for mm-hmm. me. Like what, can you give context? What do you mean when you say like it became alive to me or I was alive in it? I find the word, if I could edit this question, sorry to whom asked it. I think the word excitement is a little bit a part of the consumeristic culture that I need to be excited by something. I, I prefer the word enjoyable that, mm. uh, something is enjoyable and I can appreciate it. And, and in that it gives me life. Right. And so am I excited at mass? I don't think so, but do I, is, is, is mass intended to excite? Is the human person supposed to be excited all the time? I think our culture has led to that kind of mentality that you have to uh, produce a 30 second clip that makes me excited. And then I'm going to go to a next 30 second clip that makes me. And so I think God wants us to enjoy life. Uh, and he wants, uh, and in that, uh, in that enjoyment, I, I appreciate the things that God has given me in life. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. Beautiful. Yeah, I have mine. Um, my, my two cents is oriented around just for those who are maybe asking this question from a place of like, I really appreciate the reverent and intellectual parts of the faith, but joy and excitement aren't something that I, I feel are flowing from me in the way I desire them to. Okay. Let's say that. And I think if you're happy and you know it, show it, right? Like if you, if you like, if you have found beauty in the, in the reverence at mass, if you've, if you found, if you found some of the intellectual parts of the faith true without a shadow of a doubt, right? Allow that to manifest in your life. Like allow yourself to be excited by that. Like when, when we talk about the show, we say that encounter leads to mission. When I have encountered a reverence that is otherworldly and mm. I know it, let me help others be magnetized to that which is otherworldly. Like people aren't magnetized to robotic gestures. Okay, so let's talk about just the reverent parts of the faith. The most reverent part of our faith is the beautiful liturgy that's been passed on to us, right? It's it's reverence perfected. Like we're, we're there with the choirs of angels and the saints. And yet sometimes the people I find in my life that are most drawn and most appreciate that, part of the faith, the, the reverence that's found in liturgy, they are least likely to operate in such a way that that's true. It's like whenever you go to that reverent part of like reverence doesn't equal robotic. So like the reverent part like the reverence of the mass, there is a way by which we all are doing the same thing, but we shouldn't be doing it the same way because Dan's there and Aaron's there and Brad's there. Like in the way I'm engaging it, the way certain parts of the mass stand out to me at different times, the way the Lord's speaking to me and drawing me and bringing me back to himself, like that should be manifesting in what I'm experiencing. Like sometimes I think we've found that in, in, um, 
maybe in the pursuit of virtue, the best way to allow others to know that I'm pursuing that is to become stoic. And I don't think that's always the, the case. And so I think sometimes the reverent parts of the faith that we've fallen in love in, they're not taking on the dynamism, right? Like in second Timothy, we read that Paul says in the final days, a lot of things are going to happen. And they're going to be wacky. One of the things is that people are going to be lovers of money, lovers of pleasure, not lovers of God. And at the very end, he like crescendos it with, they're going to take the form of religion, but deny its power, deny its dynamism, like the dynamic aspect of it, like the part of it that's, that's manifesting, yeah. right? Like let's of course keep the form and let's allow ourselves to be dynamic in it, to experience the dynamism of it, to live the power of it. And in the intellectual parts of the faith, I would say the same way that we had a, an awesome episode on, um, on just we were discussing a little bit around the transcendentals, like the true, the good, the beautiful, at least I was, I can't remember if that was a two cents or we've recorded enough at this point, but like if you found that, which is, um, true, right. And then you can also see it in Jesus as the way, the truth and the life that might've been the context we were talking about it in the last episode. But if you found the truth, could I tell that you believe the truth by the way that you live? <laughs> like I I've, I've thought about this before and I'll leave my two cents here, but if, if I had a camera on me at, at all times, okay, let's just imagine like when I'm with myself, when it's just me and a friend, when it's just me and my spouse, when it's me and the missionaries at Damascus, when it's me on my ride home, if I had a camera on me at all times and I went up to someone on the street and they didn't know anything about me and all I did was hand them that tape and they watched the tape, would they, by watching the tape, know that I believe that Jesus rose from the dead or would they not? And how would they know that? And, and, and would they, would they know that I'm living a life of holiness and mission or would they not? And, and how would they know that? Yeah. Right. And cause I want to live both. And, and you can see that, like, what would be the hallmarks of what you would look for in that video? Like, well, if, if Jesus is everything, then he's everything. If he's nothing, then it's nothing. So if I've claimed him to be everything, I would anticipate that person talking about Jesus, some talking to Jesus, some telling people how amazing it is when people are struggling, being a person that's in the midst of that. Like, and that's, that's when joy is just the, the most important is when we're engaging with the things that Jesus did and showing people that this is the best way to live life. Beautiful. I like Beautiful. that. I think the, the powerful, I think, I think you see that. Uh, I, I, I appreciate the way joy is manifested here. Like even just amongst our relationship, right? That, mm-hmm. uh, um, Brad and I on the two ends of this table are like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> like the, the hype dudes. And Aaron is like composed. And, but there's no less joy that Aaron has. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is kind of the essence no, that's of good. our yeah. life. Yeah. There's not a picture of one kind of, yeah, you have not, to do this to be joyful. And so if it is, like, if you're happy and you know it, show it. <laughs> yeah. Like, but don't show it like Dan shows it. Don't show it like Brad shows it. Don't show, show it like Aaron, like Aaron shows, shows it. Yeah. No. <laughs> show it in a, in a way that's authentic to you. But it yeah. should, joy should manifest. Uh, uh, it should be the manifested result of some this relationship of intimacy that you have with God. Yeah, I use the sports analogy sometimes. So my dad and I both love Xavier basketball. And when we're, when we're at a basketball game together, it's really funny to see the way that we respond to good things happening on the court. Like we both love Xavier basketball. Like we would appreciate if they won every game by 50, right? But when we're watching a game and something good's happening, I'll be up like high-fiving strangers next to me. I'm like saluting the guy <laughs> in the back row, you know? And my dad is just like, 
standing up, clapping and nodding his head, you know? <laughs> and it's like, he, he is not like less appreciative of what's happening. I like your dad, but, dad. but, yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing that I, I want to get at though, is it, it does demand a response though. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't like it would be different if he was just keeping it all in, sat down, never stood up, applauded, never looked at me and said, wow, that was a good pass or wow. That like, if it was all just kind of like, stoic complacency, there is something like, there's just something wrong with that. Like what's happening in me, like if I'm body, mind, and soul, what's happening in me and the things I'm appreciating, they have to, they have to come out. And again, the different personalities are going to express that differently, but joy is not an option in the Christian life. The way that it's manifest usually is dependent on how God's made us. You know, what is, uh, the opposite of joy? What is that? Criticism. (laughs) So if, huh. if I am, if I huh. am motivated from a place of criticism, that that's like the sure shot that you're going to miss this. Thing. That's a good word. So that's a really good and word. And it's funny, you, you were mentioning from a place of liturgy, uh, you know, we here, here at Damascus, we don't, we don't point ourselves toward like a traditional versus a, uh, contemporary expression yeah. of liturgy per se. Right. Because why we, we want our liturgy just to be an expression of what the church actually teaches and what the church actually believes and to be given with the whole heart. But mm-hmm. it's funny, wh- whichever side of the aisle you end up directing yourselves toward, often liturgical conversations can come into this place of like, my primary goal here is is criticism. Or at least that's how it could be interpreted if you watch what I did and listen to what I sp- what I said. And I can almost guarantee that if that's our motivation, it's just a recipe for a joyless existence. Yeah, well, and, it, and it's actually going to be more fruitful if you're wanting to invite people into something that's beautiful. Yeah, and you know how you do that by showing them, like being like, "Man, my like, you have to come with me." I had a friend that did this, like, and I and I honor him for it. There's a there's um, a, a traditional Latin mass that's celebrated in in Columbus. And I go to St. Paul, which just has a contemporary expression of, of the mass. And when he, he was so excited, he's like, you've never, you've never been before. You should just come with me one, one Sunday, like, and, and you can bring Nina too. And Nina was out of town. And I was like, actually this weekend, I, I don't have anything lined up. I'd love to go. And I went and he was like, but what drew me in was like his, just like love of sharing something he finds beautiful. Yeah. And it was so much more attractive than if he was like, Hey, that church you usually go to, it's incredibly average, but I'll tell you this, the real, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it is just more fruitful. Cause even if your end is like, Hey, I want people to see what I see in the beauty of this expression or that expression. I want to, I want people to see what I see when it comes to reverence. It's like the best way to bring someone into yeah. your world is to say it's changed my life. And I'm so excited to share it with you. Beautiful. Well, when we uh, love what, when we know what, when we know what we love, when we we love what we know, uh, that love motivates us toward action <laughs> and mission. <laughs> and uh, we're going to step into mission momentum. How can we actually make sure that that we're not only hearing this here on Saturday afternoon, but that we're living this throughout the course of our week? Uh, what's what's your mission momentum point for the for the day, man? Oh man, yeah, what is my mission momentum? I I, I want to. Um, I got one. If you're still struggling, yeah, I'm still struggling. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Into it. Um, whether 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 it's a religious topic, and, and maybe bonus points if it is, or whether it's just any any topic that that intrigues you, that interests you, um, that excites you, I would encourage you this week to think of think of what that that topic is 
and to find somebody who you can ask to share their perspective on it or to share what they know about it, to engage in a meaningful dialogue with somebody yeah. so that you can learn more intentionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I tend this way all the time, but I, I think the mission momentum I want to give is f- find find a way to magnetize people that you don't usually choose. So here's what I mean by that. So like whenever I'm in a social situation, I tend to want to go to everybody in the room for 30 seconds. Okay. If that's your proclivity, go into a room and spend 20 minutes with one person. Right. And, and like experience and, and like in a way, like allow yourself to be magnetic there in a way that you're not usually accustomed to. Right. Mm. So, or maybe your tendency is whenever you go into a, a given place, like you have the right words to say to a cashier, but instead like smile, ask them how their day's going and listen. I think like what I'm, what I'm getting at in my heart as we've been talking here is like, I think that when we can begin to see ourselves as representatives of Jesus in the world and we can stretch ourselves outside of our comfort while doing that, we can bring more people to the truth of the gospel. So I'm thinking like choose a way in your life to be a magnetic person, a joyful person, someone that people want to come to, but in a way that's different than what you would usually default into. And I would say, do that at the supermarket, do that at your place of work, do that within your family context, however that can look. But if it was me, I think, yeah, for me, I should just say, I'm going to try to like spend 10 minutes with one person instead of 30 seconds with everyone and try to find like, okay, how am I choosing joy in this part of it? And how am I still being magnetic and drawing that person deeper? It's awesome. Um, my mission momentum, I'm assuming if you listen to Beyond Damascus, you do enjoy your Catholic faith. And so you probably know some people who don't. Um, there may be uh, a person in your life, maybe a son, a daughter, a friend um, who thinks the church is boring. And I, I would encourage you to enter into a conversation with them uh, and just share with them why you're passionate about your faith. Uh, that if the faith is boring to them, but it's not boring to you, share with them what what about the faith brought you alive? And uh, that's called a testimony. <laughs> when you share your testimony with others, it 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 brings something in. It brings something out of them. So I, th- I yeah. think just sharing our testimony with someone, um, but specifically, why does the faith give you joy? Why does the faith give you excitement? Um, and invite them into into that reality. That's awesome. Thank you for joining us on mission uh, here at Beyond Damascus. Not just uh, listening to the show, but actually actively engaging. Mm-hmm. We want to continue to answer questions that are meaningful and that help you to grow in your faith. Um, please, if you have questions, comment uh, in our YouTube uh, or on your podcast or whatever you're, uh, however you're engaging with us socially. Um, contact us so that we can answer all of your questions in our next seasons. And uh, if this episode has encouraged you or answered a question for you, please uh, share it with somebody who you think might have a similar question or might benefit from it. Once again, thanks to uh, the benefactor who's who's helping to support us mm-hmm. um, here at Damascus. Subscribe to the show so we can uh, empty his pocketbook and, and bring more kids to camp. And bring more kids. To- <laughs> <laughs> Mixed motivations. Um, I don't even know who this is. If I did, uh, if I did, I'd probably change my tune. Um, but uh, it's friends. It's a great joy to mm-hmm. be with you every week, and we look forward to seeing you again next time. Remember, Mission- as always. <laughs> Dang it, I was on it. I felt good about here, it. Here at Beyond Damascus, we want to remind you that 
mission makes, makes sense. sense. <laughs> we love you. We'll see you again next week. God bless. That's the best. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.